is Object to This, an Ace Attorney fan cast, found dead in a guitar case. I'm Stephanie. I'm Michelle, falling asleep in public after having an emotional breakdown in a museum. Oh, same. Yeah, mood. <laughs> Big mood. Um, uh, so what's up? Happy September. <laughs> you know, last month, same podcast, different room. That's how it goes. Well, we were, we're going to do, you know, the usual things. Uh, let's start with the news. Hey, Michelle, when's the last time court, court record updated? <laughs> like July, man. Like, like uh, they haven't mm. updated since like July 17th. Uh, there's no, yeah. it's, it's nothing. We got nothing. Tokyo Game Show happened, got- I think, and like nothing happened. Unsurprising to all of us. Um, well, Mop Up, my boy, has given us a little bit of fake news. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, please. Yeah, uh, so not actual really hard-hitting news, but things to fun to know. Uh, the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney trilogy has additional languages now. So it's it's been released into, um, as we know, for Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Now you can ha- play it in French, German, Korean, and both simplified and traditional Chinese. Very exciting. I know I remember seeing posts about that. I guess that is technically news. <laughs> I remember seeing posts from on the social the Ace Attorney social medias about that. Yeah. Uh so that's exciting because that always leads to the question, you know, how it's Japanifornia for us. Yeah. And we're like and like Coworkers has told us like in the German version, Manfred is from America. Yeah. I wonder what they do for the rest of them. <laughs> it's a good question. I wonder if like Chinese is in the Chinese version. It's also America, or if the in the Chinese version, it's Japan. <laughs> oh, interesting. Huh. Manfred would be the Japanese villain in the Chinese one, where he is the American villain in most of them, and in ours, he's the German villain. It's just. I wonder how f- what French would go. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I. I also wonder how different it is. But also, I wonder if this Chinese version is censored. Also, also interesting because it's uh, traditional and simplified, right? So they have two different versions going. Yeah. But I wonder if, like, I don't know mo- mo- like anything really about censorship in China other than it's bonkers. Yeah, I'm not as bonkers as North Korea, but bonkers. <laughs> yeah, we all like we are certainly not experts on that, but it's just like well, I wonder because the 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 core premise of the Ace Attorney games being such a um satire of the Japanese legal system and also like at the same time also like a moral commentary on the legal system I wonder if that is altered in any way but you know maybe not I don't know I don't know if anything I think they might take out like blood or something like I feel like it'd be something like kind of crucial to the gameplay but maybe not have you ever watched yeah. a Korean drama? They censor every single knife. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be a little difficult, huh? Because sometimes that's yeah. your evidence. If your evidence is just some blurred pixels, but you're supposed to know it's a knife? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Not sure, uh, but I am curious. So if you have answers, let me know. Um, more news from my boy is uh, that Tokyo Joapple... Tokyo Joyopolis attraction reversal trial in Joyopolis. Jesus Christ, that couldn't be more difficult to say. <laughs> uh, 
courtroom record of a limited time design appears. So court record that you can play reverse trial in Joyopolis is now available as a limited edition design. Play attractions and get to a court record. So apparently Japan has this trial thing uh, that's got some really pretty pictures of Phoenix, Maya, and Edgeworth, which is uh, disconcerting to see this skinny Phoenix and this weird-looking Miles holding this, like, two chickens that make the shape of a heart. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, but Mop, Mop Up, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not saying it right. Mop Up, uh, in Japan and China, there are Sega Amusement Parks Koijopolis. So let's start there. Well, There's a lot of different arcade games and attractions that might be Sega-related. I do remember Joyopolis because I think they had a different Ace Attorney exhibit a long time ago. So They did. I, I do recall that. So it turns out that in Tokyo and Osaka, they have one an Ace Attorney attraction. So uh, Mopop has been seeing these float around Tumblr with no context, but on the Ace Attorney wiki... Uh, you get the court record notebook, and you have to find special booths to get information. Uh, they say on the court record wiki, uh, the Ace Attorney wiki, sorry. They say on the Ace Attorney wiki, you can get the court record notebook and find special booths to get info about the case before going to the trial proof and proving your case at, to play this attraction. So you kind of, like, do some fake sleuthing, and then you can go to a booth and, like, present your case. Kind of like I feel how Clue is played. Uh, so there's three different cases to play, and they feature some brand new characters and returning characters like Desi, Sawit, and Old Bag. And uh, there's a limited edition art for the core record, uh, which means we're never going to get <laughs> I'm st- it. <laughs> I'm stuck for a second on beloved returning characters. Desi, okay. Old Bag, no. Frank saw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think we have seen one of these pictures before. The one, maybe the one with Desi. Because you have... Can I link this picture to you? For the love of God, hold on. It is... It's a big dude with chains around his neck. And... I don't know what his deal is. He's got a Fu Manchu going. But also a beard. And also a beard. And his hair's not that crazy. I need you to look at Phoenix doing a Hadouken. Phoenix is doing a Hadouken and Edgeworth is, like, embarrassed to be next to him. Um... You said this. Wait, wait, wait! Like, you said this guy's hair wasn't crazy, but he's got he's got it all slicked back, and it's pretty long. And also, he's got three scars, exactly equal distant on his head. So it's just like his head is split into four parts with the scars, and that is super listen, crazy. What are you talking about? Listen, <laughs> as when you say crazy hair, I think of like Yu Gi Oh hair, right? Uh, his hair isn't the issue. It's these. He's really got head scars. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I was too busy looking at Phoenix's Hadoken. I thought they were cornrows. And glasses. He's wearing glasses, which is only noteworthy because so few people in Ace Attorney wear glasses. They're like mirrored shades, though. Can't tell if they're real glasses or just mirrored shades. That might shades. be anime. Could be anime. Anime, evil guy glasses. But also there's fire behind them. It's very good, and I believe that we've seen this because... Kevin from the Game and Sign podcast went to Japan and texted us a picture being like, who the fuck is this guy? That's why we know who this guy <laughs> so, is, because we had we had an in, a Japanese Kevin in. Kevin must have gone to Joyopolis, though. Uh, but I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> where's this game, though? I'd play it. It's in Joyopolis. <laughs> uh. 
but as um, Mop-Up likes us to know, you know, there's some limited edition art and uh, you, you, you know, we'll never actually get it. Right. <laughs> we'll never actually get the physical art or this game or the show. Um, but anyway, these cards are showing, like I said before, Phoenix, Maya, and Edgeworth holding the mascot for Joyopolis. And I'm just gonna, now that I know I can just copy and paste these images into this Discord chat to you, Michelle, I will, uh, let you explain what those look like to you. Um, what are these supposed to be? They're, uh, they're the twins that make the shape of a heart. The twin what? Uh, they're, they're I mean, the mascot. Okay, I'll try and explain this horrifying, terrible mascot. Um, let's start at the bottom. <laughs> so take somebody in a red morph suit and their legs, right? Like the legs that are in a morph suit that's red. Think about those. Take one of those. They're like take each of those legs. Human yeah, legs. Yeah, human male muscled calf legs. <laughs> so have that in, uh-huh. have that in your brain. <laughs> Attach them to two halves of a heart. I'll give you that. It is heart-shaped. It's it's large. And the heart shape is, it's like egg-colored, like white egg. Um, stick hands on those, like Mickey Mouse-ass hands. Sure. Um, and then give them little dot eyes like Professor Layton. And then these are either mouths or noses. I don't know what they are. They're supposed to be hearts upside down, but they look like chicken waddles but they also look like screaming <laughs> because they're because yes. their hearts upside down so they look like like uh, capital d colon face in old emojis like an old emoticons like they look like anguished screams uh, so the professor layton dot eyes the mouths are red the limbs are red it's egg colored and then give it like hyper shading like just the most (laughs) like the richest shading that you can to make it very clear that this is two pieces that have been split in half by a wobbly line uh and that now in their agony their wounds have been pushed together (laughs) i hate it yeah, no, and then I've linked you the picture of of the three of the three of them each holding it, and Maya's hugging it like it's a cute thing. But that I would expect out of Maya, right? Phoenix is holding it like he wants to eat it like a bow. <laughs> <laughs> but then somebody interrupted him and asked him to do an objection pose, and I I don't even know. Edgeworth looks like how I would have photoshopped it into his hand. But he's squeezing it, and so you can see the squeezy lines, like they've drawn lines, like it it becomes compressed when squeezed. I hate it. Yep. Um, uh, Mop-Up wants to hone in on some specific things of art, so let's do that. Okay, so, draw nicely. Sure. The least broad I've ever seen Phoenix and Edgeworth in a while. True. Uh, think they are specific for the three cases uh, you can play, so it's not totally random which one you'll get. You just gotta play all three of them or play only the case with the one you like. Phoenix tie is undeniably pink. Yeah. Very true. Look how pink that tie Good. is. Good. Damn, it's, it's pink. It's supposed to be pink. Also, if you don't look at his pointing left hand, it kind of looks like he's about to eat the mascot yeah. like it's a burger. <laughs> Before you interrupt him, we're gonna take a bite. You and Mop-Up are on the exact same page. Mop-Up, you know what's up. You and I both. Like, that's exactly... He was about to eat this fucking thing whole. 
<laughs> Maya looks super cute. A plus, good job, artist. Also wondering if it's easy to hold the mask up because her right hand tells me a different story composed to her left. <laughs> well, yeah, her right hand is in like a painful looking like claw clutch. Look, well, but that all that says to me is that thing just got done biting her. <laughs> like, because her hand is right next to its anguished mouth. I, I think it's bitten her. <laughs> Well, and it also looks like the one side's bigger than the other, which kind of makes it look like a like a stress toy, like one of those you can squeeze and it'll redistribute. I think it's because she's squeezing it. Like, I think it is squeezable. I don't like that. I just want to be a plush. So it's not the texture of an egg. It's the, te- it's the texture of it's foam. Te- Ugh. Ugh. And then Edgeworth is very much crushing the mascot with his grip. Please send them help. No, Like, don't. they've been taking photos for hours, and he's fed up, and so he's taking it out on them like a stress ball. I think it is a stress ball. <laughs> and then Mop Up is a good, good boy and sent us um, uh, sources. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. Uh, the Anguish Egg, I think, uh, needs to be the picture. It's the new podcast logo, because it's, exactly, <laughs> no. it's exactly how we feel every week. <laughs> <laughs> every Aww. time there's no news that's what we do <laughs> one's like waving their hand stop no the other going look over there because we got nothing yeah. stop don't talk to us go over yeah. there no that's exactly uh um joyopolis was uh first opened uh the park chain was first opened july 20th 1994 in yokohama japan mondo mascots on twitter uh joyopolis the mascot of sega joyopolis uh the twin who makes up the heart shape uh, and then there is an additional mascot called Lopit, um, short for Live Show Operator Prototype, which is kind of like an Aquafina-chan, is how Mop-Up described it, which we all know just means Hatsune Miku. Hatsune Miku, uh, trying yeah. to pull up. So wait, wait, wait. This thing is the mascot for Joyopolis, huh? Apparently. And then Lopit is also the mascot for Joyopolis? Yeah, so, uh, let's see. She was first introduced in 2012 when Joyopolis was reopened. Let me send you a picture. She's terrifying to look upon, unfortunately. (laughs) God damn it, Sega, why? Why (laughs) did you do this to us? Yeah, I kind of prefer the egg to Lopit, honestly. No, I don't, because I think you could make Lopit not, uh... Look into her eyes. I know, but I think you could draw her in a way that is not horrifying. Which I guess, like, let let me describe is this. This is clearly a preteen girl. <laughs> um, the default shape involved in her is circles. So have that in your mind. So she's got two like circular pom pom hair, like pigtails off the side of her head. Except they're completely round and made up of tiny spheres. Her <laughs> her hair is pink. She's wearing a crop top. She has gloves on though. Don't be don't be mistaken there. And then her skirt looks I would call it like a jellyfish shape. Uh but very small. Um but poofy. Like poofy but tiny, right. mini skirt sized. Uh but don't worry you can't see anything inappropriate. And then she has uh one pink stocking and one beige stocking that matches her gloves and them dumbass anime shoes that uh like don't fit around her toothpick ankles <laughs> like they're like slouchy white yeah boots. and her jellyfish uh, skirt is reason- striped 
Yeah, the reason you don't see anything inappropriate, even though her jellyfish skirt is blowing up, is because she doesn't have anything. Her torso and her legs aren't connected. <laughs> see, you could say that that's like plastic, like a Barbie's all, but you could also say that like it's it is itself a pillow, like it's a pillow. It is a unit, uh, and that is oh, additional see. You're fabric. Like, the pink is additional the- fabric underneath, and her legs are sticking out of yeah. it. Yeah, it's possible. She's also not like real. Although her powers and abilities, according to Fandom Wiki for segov.fandom.com, is a uh, species digital being, so she's not real. But powers and abilities is hand-to-hand combat and acrobatics. <laughs> okay, well, I also want to say, like, she's a tween and she's got a microphone on. And what Stephanie is referring was referring to earlier was her death stare. Her, like, <laughs> blank, giant-eyed death stare. And you're telling me that she is a, a unar- she's an expert in unarmed combat, huh? Yes, and acrobatics. How can you do acrobatics with that pillow around your butt? I don't know, Michelle. But anyway, I also, correction on my part, the the egg mascot, his name is Joy Polly Coon. So it's like, I think it's like one's Joy, one's Polly. So Joy Polly Coon, now, now you've sent me, who is this again? Uh, Loipet. <laughs> Which one? You, you sent me like ping pong girl is what I'm gonna call her because I I don't care about your stupid fucking word mush Lopin. your word salad. Um, so like ping pong girl, it, we've been staring at her and I know you hate her, but s- scroll back up to the heart. <laughs> I, I <am. laughs> okay, now like honestly, you're in a dark alley. Which one would you prefer to meet? Because- because if it's ping pong girl, like you, one, you're going to survive that encounter, even though she's ostensibly a martial arts expert. I think that you would survive that encounter. I don't think she'd attack you without provocation. But yeah, that little, that little uh, heart thing that's going for your ankles, man. <laughs> that is, that oh, okay. is. Okay. <laughs> you're saying that's actual science. Cause I, I picturing a grown ass man in this mascot costume down an alleyway. I could outrun no, him. No, we have size reference because we see the we see Phoenix holding it, and we see that it is the size of a, approximately two bow. <laughs> this is the this is the eternal debate. Would you rather fight? <laughs> one, okay, who would you rather spend a day with, duck? Stephanie? Who would you rather spend a day with? Can I get Lil Pit to wear sunglasses? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think if you were to to take Lil Pit to a sunglasses hut and like make it out like you're having a fun day and have her buy some because of peer pressure, I think you could convince her to wear the sunglasses. Then yeah, I don't, th- oh, I don't think, uh, I don't think our egg friend here has a personality. Lil Pit, listen, Lil Pit wants to go to a Starbucks and have a nitro pumpkin spice cold brew. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you're right, and I can I can deal you with can, that in low pit. You can get behind. I that. don't know what I I don't <laughs> well, know what, what I you... do with Jolly Polly, Joy Polly. Joy Polly is not uh, hangoutable. There's no person- it would just be a day There's of no personality, a day of anguished screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that by myself. Yeah, thank yeah, you very and much. that's better done by oneself, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's fun. So uh, you know, Japan gets all the. F- all the things, if they're good or not, is debatable, but... <laughs> right. There are a couple other pictures for the other cases, which I did not go over, but it's... 
they're not super remarkable. One's like Gumshoe and Maggie and Frank saw it, and in the background is a steel samurai facing the other way. And then the other is a little bit of a crazy thing, but it's uh it's old bag and um uh, the girl who was her sister turns out died in a car accident with the hat that she'd pulled down over her eeny face meeny, and screamed through. Eeny meeny, thank meeny. you. I can't remember which one is which. Yeah, uh, with her, old bag with the space gun, uh, a jammy ninja, and then like a zombie with f- crazy dirty fingers screaming and some sort of space guy in the background. Uh, there's a lot of sus out there, but also like it's there is no meaning to decipher because we haven't played the game. Right. Um, and underneath it, there is like a little sketch of Old Bag smiling at Edgeworth and making him uncomfortable and gumshoes in the back. And there's some Japanese writing on it. Uh, but, you know, uh, this is this is fun times that we can't have unless we go to Japan. Yeah, I guess if we ever get sponsors on this podcast, <laughs> then maybe <laughs> maybe we can go to Japan. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's it for the news. Well, that was more news than I expected. And we got to see I'm some sorry. lovely mascots. I, I I I clicked back over to the Discord and I'm just seeing... <laughs> see, I'm looking at Low Pit, but... Or not Low Pit, I'm looking at <laughs> Ping Pong Girl, I can't remember her name. And, uh, no, that's Low Pit. Yeah, yeah, okay, Low Pit. And I'm just looking at her dumb fantasy anime shoes it, on her like otherwise CG body. Anyway... I'll look at Audacity instead. Or I guess I could look at the emails. That we got a lot of emails this time, you guys. Good job. Thank you so much. And so I don't know if if what we're going to do is I think we're going to delay the homework question so that more people can get in. That's right? Yeah, I think okay. so. I think we're good to do that. So the home, that homework question was if you could delete anybody from the Ace Attorney universe, who would it be? Understanding that if you delete them... You delete them entirely, including everything they did. Yes, that is the understanding. So, uh, some people have answered that, and we do have your answers, so we're going to hold on to those, because some people turned in some late assignments, which we're totally okay <laughs> with. You're not going to be docked any points. Uh, let's see, who who sent in some late homework? I believe RD002 did. We did. We got RD002 um, two homeworks. One was between recording and release so that's why it didn't happen and then one was right after release which i'll go through briefly they say so i spent an hour compiling evidence and writing up paragraphs on the smartest prosecutor until i realized none of it matters because the only person who actually arrests someone and gets a guilty and gets them convicted is francisca von karma um but went on another hour writing paragraphs anyway so let's let's get to the list, I suppose. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump around this email, which is that RD002's original email said that this is the ranking. One Edgeworth, two Simon, three Nayuda, four Francisca, five Clavier, six Godot. So for Edgeworth, RD said that Edgeworth is an interesting one. I was originally gonna say that he isn't actually smart, because even though when we meet him He's known as one of the best prosecutors in Japanifornia. He's known for always getting a guilty verdict. As we see in the first game, however, that streak is broken by Phoenix multiple times. 
This makes me think that the most, if not all, of the convictions he gets before then are incorrect. While you could argue it takes a certain type of smarts to convict innocent people, Edgeworth is a good person, so he probably believed that the innocent people he put in jail were actually guilty. Not exactly a very smart thing for him to think. As the series goes on, however, he changes his approach and starts to think like Phoenix. And as we see in investigations, this leads to him actually arresting the correct people. Not only that, but we see his smarts up close in that game through the logic gimmick, proving that he does actually know what he's doing. All of that is without mentioning that he does eventually make it to chief prosecutor later as well. TLDR, he's not that smart in the beginning, but he is by the end of it. That just is argument for emotional growth, really, is what that is. Yeah. Because he's a big old dummy. <laughs> he, he is. I mean, that's what we kind of addressed. But I think that is a smart... It's it's an interesting question whether Edgeworth thinks that the people he is getting guilty in his early days are actually guilty or not. It's hard, like, because he's, he's in that, like, weird brain space, right? So, like, I don't know if he's, like, even trying to think of them as guilty or not. I think they are presented to him and he's like, well... They have to be guilty. Yeah, I think it's either that or it's like the Von Karma conditioning of it doesn't matter, you have to win. Yeah, and I think like I have to win. So if I think Edgeworth would be like, since I have to win, I have to assume they are guilty. You know, I think he takes that approach because he's protecting himself and his heart. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Okay. The next one on RD's list are Simon and Nayuda. Simon number two, Nayuda number three. And these are also a combined entry. So uh, RD says, let's be honest here. These two are probably real close to taking the cake. They have the whole emotionally manipulating thing going on from day one. Not only do we actually see it happening, but they are pretty successful at it for the most part. Obviously, both of them have some emotional issues going on that does bar them from reaching their full potential. Nayuda more than Simon. But it's obvious to me that it doesn't hold them back too much because their manipulativeness, from what we see, is mostly successful. It does take a certain amount of cunning to be able to manipulate people. I'll give you that. But we've already said with Simon, he... Well, Simon, I guess, isn't using his potential because then we go and only care about Soba. But (laughs) Whether Simon has potential or not, or like, yeah, unrealized potential is a real question with him. I love him so much. Uh, okay but like let's let's look at francisca email one answer so Mm -hmm. francisca rd says immediately franzi has a good chance to win this in my opinion because she's the only one who arrests someone who's guilty and gets them convicted excluding edgeworth in investigations that case is kind of weird though because the whole situation with her getting shot and therefore not actually being able to prosecute that case I would argue that Matt on guard's conviction was a group effort between Phoenix, Franzi, Edgeworth, and basically everyone else in Mm -hmm. the game. What this says about her smartness, though, I don't know. I honestly don't remember much about the trial portions of that game. Some things have to take into consideration, though, uh, talking about Franzi, is she became a prosecutor at 13 years old. That by itself must have taken a certain level of smartness that the others don't have, even if she did have help from her dad. On top of that, by the time we meet her in Justice for All, she's 18, meaning she's had five years of experience, the same as Phoenix's entire career, from the first game to Spirit of Justice. She also ended up working for Interpol. The problem with those things, though, is that we never really get to see it. Other than the Madden Guard case, none of the games she's in showcases her smarts. This is true. 
We're just kind of told that she is. That's a huge problem with the Ace Attorney prosecutors. We know they're all smart, but we don't ever see it because they're always losing to us, the player. Fair. They are. That is fair. So in conclusion, RD says, I really wanted it to be Franzi, and I hate to say the obvious, but it's Edgeworth who takes the cake on who's smartest. He benefits not only from being in multiple main games, but from having two spinoffs dedicated to him. He also benefits from having this thing called character development, which the other prosecutors severely lack for the most part, which is legit. Which is legit. Um, I would argue that some people have character development, but it, it develops backwards. Yeah. that's. I mean, some people have it, and it's not very uh, or fleshed very out, and some people have it, and in, in, in like Clavier's case, it's it's emo- it's not so much character development as character destruction. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> or like in Simon he kind of goes slides backwards because he's no longer he no longer has stakes so he can coast, you know. But let me read yeah, but let me read RD's Follow-up. final cor- correction or or post episode listening to the discussion. RD says I, you guys made some real good points about Franzi, and I'm going to have to go back on what I said before. I put Franzi too low on my list. On top of everything you guys said, and despite what I said about Edgeworth arresting guilty people in Investigations 1 and 2, we never get to see the people he arrests get convicted or not. Uh, therefore, Franzi stands as the only prosecutor in these games that actually arrests and convicts someone who is guilty. Franzi is way smarter than Nayuda and Simon. I don't really know what I was thinking. I still don't know if she outsmarts Edgeworth, though. IDK. That's fair. You can IDK. Um, Yeah. But Franzi is... We see so little of her, but we have seen... Like, I stand by, we saw tremendous character growth from her being a brat. To still be a brat, but like a competent brat who works for Interpol. Right. And and I do think, I mean, it is fair that we never get to actually see her do cool-ass Interpol stuff. Even Investigation, she pops up and she's like, boom, I work for Interpol now. And does like a cartwheel and she's like, this plane is full of blood. And then Edgeworth is like, I have other things to do. Can you leave me alone? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it, it, it's, it's a fair, it's fair. I mean, to, you know, give Edgeworth his fair credit, yeah. He does have a lot of screen time. He does have character development. But even towards the end, he still does things that don't make sense to us and don't seem very smart. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's where the that's where on our parts the um the uh Edgeworth hiring <laughs> Edgeworth's bad hiring decisions come in. Yes. His bad hiring decisions, letting Trucy sit in a suitcase. Yeah. Uh but RD, we're gonna. I know the rest of your email has your answer to next this time's homework question slash next time's homework question. We'll get to that next time. I've, I'll save it. Yeah, we're saving it. And I believe we had a a, a second a second late entry. Ah, this is from the OG Master Mask. Yeah, who's they them? Congratulations. Okay, so uh, OG Master Mask is caught up. Welcome back. And uh, asked if we accept late assignments. We do. This whole um, this whole fandom is late. So you know who are we to judge? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, OG says, I think I'm going to make a case instead of Edgeworth for Manfred von Karma and maybe Lana Skye. Uh, they say, let's start with a Miles and Franzi. I mostly agree with Jams's points for Edgeworth, magic power of logic, winning streak for five years, etc. And I also agree that Edgy has no street smarts and started off having little emotional intelligence. Though I think his character grows over time, and the more I think about it, the more I realize that's basically 
or the more I realized that basically no one in this series has emotional intelligence. So where I disagree with their argument that Edgeworth doesn't know what to do with Phoenix's counter arguments, where I disagree is their argument that Phoenix doesn't know what to do with Phoenix's counter arguments. Throughout the first game, especially, there are several moments that show how meticulously Edgeworth has planned his cases, hiding evidence from the defense as a way to throw them off, the white scarf in the Mia case, the updated autopsy reports, etc. Though this plan does eventually falter in each case, mainly because Phoenix will make any counterargument, logical or otherwise, it's clear how many tricks he has up his sleeve, especially compared to Franzi. Part of Franziska's whole character is her inferiority complex to Edgeworth and her father. In the Von Karma household, it is expected you to, that for you to be born a genius. Edgeworth fulfills this, at least in Franzi's understanding, despite not being a Van, Von Karma by blood. But Franziska isn't a genius, so she has to work her butt off to appear as though she is. She wants to appear as though she's snarky, calm, and collected, but she cracks under pressure much faster than Edgeworth. Whenever Nick makes a good counter-argument, she's noticeably shaken, and it takes her a while to get back on her feet. She tries to do the updated autopsy report trick a couple of times, like when the illegal picture of Ghost Mia in the detention center, in case 2-2, but she does this less often and less successfully than Edgy. A way to compare Edgeworth and Franziska is in case 3-5, the last case in Trials and Trib, where Edgeworth was able to outsmart Franziska in court, even though he was somewhat out of his element. I do like y'all's argument that Franziska grew to be more competent as an Interpol prosecutor, though. I just wish we got to see more of her character as a prosecutor in investigations, rather than sort of as Edgy's sidekick. On the subject of Von Karma's, Manfred might be the smartest prosecutor. He has a perfect record for 40 years, and his place in the story of AA1 is, you thought Edgeworth was a tough opponent, you ain't seen nothing yet. Though I can't argue that he has a lot of emotional intelligence, he plotted out a 15-year-long revenge scheme because he got a penalty in court. I'd estimate that he has about as much as AA1 Edgeworth did. In terms of prosecuting ability, I think Manfred von Karma is the smart smartest. Hmm. There are some real good points about Franzi yeah. versus Edgeworth in that, for sure. Um, you know, I do agree that Franzi cracks a lot faster than That might than be Edgeworth. youngness, though. Edgeworth has a lot more stoicism. It might be youngness, and that's kind of like her character is inferior inferiority complex. The other thing that also hurts Franzi is her damage animation. Because we've mentioned it ages ago, but it still sticks with me. Her damage animation animation is very, like, upsetting. <laughs> the whole holding her arms and, like, shying back away. Well, Edgeworth leans over and hits yeah. the table, and he, like, now woogs, you know? Like, it's it's very different in demeanors, so it makes her look mm -hmm. much more vulnerable and much more, like, needs, like, you know, much more... Le and, like, it, it does kind of play into the way she presents herself, and I do think that, yeah, we do have moments where Edgeworth is versus Franzi and Edgeworth outshines her and that kind of puts her in her place of she's never beating Miles Edgeworth. Yeah, and I think in that regard, OG is right where these things are, even if it's like demeanor or youngness or whatever the reason, those all play into that emotional intelligence ranking. Yeah, so I think there are a lot of good points here, but I, I still want everyone to remember the way Miles handles being 
having emotions is to I'm gonna go die now. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, uh, yeah, I would say that that is uh, anything that Franzi did. That one is a pretty big mark against Edgy's emotional intelligence. But let's see what else is in this. So there's a little bit about Clavier and Nayuda and Burn Faraday. Um, but let's skip to the Lana part, because OG said Lana was the other one in the running. So, Lana Sky, Lana was a detective, but at the time of 1-5, she was a prosecutor, so she's on the list of candidates. The reason I was thinking that she might be is the way she handles the IS-7 incident, She, which I believe is the one where... Um, Neil? Neil, yeah, Neil Marshall died. She saw very little of the evidence, but she knew that Emma might have killed someone, which took Phoenix until day three of the case to figure out, even if it turned out not to be true. And she knew that Gant was blackmailing her from as little information as I'm going to put this piece of evidence in a, or I'm going to put this piece of a jar in my safe. Because of that, she decided to not show any emotions from that point onward because of the Harry Potter style, if, you cl- if you're if you close to me, you're a target for this villain thing. And since having an emotional outburst could mean the end of her and her sister. Deliberately showing aside her emotions is really stupid from a mental health perspective, but it can be argued that it was a smart decision from a purely logical perspective. An interesting argument. Mm-hmm. But one could argue, maybe it's not smart to let the chief of police blackmail me and damage this entire country and all of our reputation but keeping yourself safe is also a form of intelligence so it's kind of like a it's a toss-up there yeah it's a matter of perspective like was it smart to just let him get away with all that shit i mean that's a like here's a it's so keeping yourself safe is is a is intelligent not necessarily emotionally all the time, but also asking for help is important. <laughs> yeah, that's also a smart thing to do is ask for help. Yeah. Um, Because she did go along with stuff, you know? Yeah. And so it's it's hard. And, like, to pull back, like, what is intelligence, you know, specifically going back to Manfred, because I'm not buying this Manfred thing. The man throws a fucking fit because he loses one case and plots a 15-year murder. That's not smart. That's obsession. Well, I don't think that was the uh, the hallmark of the smartness argument. No, that was it's uh, not. But it's a valid point for me. <laughs> it, it takes you out for you. I agree. I don't think that Manfred was that smart. I don't think that Manfred's... So Manfred's emotional intelligence comes from him, not him experiencing emotions. It's from him being able to um, read and it's from him being a psychopath. Like, like the fact that he can identify and read other people's emotions and take actions based on them, even though he doesn't feel them himself. That's something. Yeah, that is something. And I'll, I'll get, I'll grant you that. He is obviously a intellectually like book smart man. He's a calculating man, as we know. He is also um, a prepared man, which is a different. You know, Edgeworth gets that preparedness and plans all of his stuff out, which is how he's able to easily present updated autopsy reports to their benefit, where Franzi isn't as good as it. Um, I feel like there's a different aspect of intelligence that we're not 
hitting here, though, and I'm not quite sure how to... Well, maybe this will answer it, because... So, OG's ultimate ranking is one Manfred, two Clavier, and three Lana. So, let's talk about the Clavier argument. Okay. So, OG says... The more I think about it, the more I can see an argument for Clavier being the smartest in terms of intrapersonal intelligence, the intelligence of oneself. In the third case of AA4, Apollo Justice, when you go to his office for the first time, Clavier says something like, now do you want to talk to the rock star of Clavier, or do you want to talk to the prosecutor Clavier, showing that he's noticed how differently he acts in those environments. He also knows that his playboy rock star persona is a facade, but he acts that way because he knows how to navigate the world as that character, like how he still plays that character in Dual Destinies. And the fact that he's apathetic to any winning streak and instead focuses on presenting all the evidence and figuring the case out seems like he might be the smarter one. He might be smarter than any Von Karma. I mean, that makes him a good guy. <laughs> Which, by by the definition that I keep, I almost keep coming to is like, in Ace Attorney, the definition that I, I'm slowly developing, specifically in Ace Attorney, is that to be smart, you have to be on the side of truth. And the side of truth is by being a good guy, which Clavier is. Right. You know, and it's hard to make arguments for Manfred because he's a bad guy. Gant is a bad guy. Lana is in a set of circumstances working for the bad guy. And so it's, for me, like, justice and truth are equal to being smart, which is not necessarily true in real life, but in Ace Attorney rules, is that really what it comes down to, is knowing the truth is the right way, the truth will prevail, makes you a smart person, because with Manfred, all he cares about is winning, and we're like, well, that's that's dumb and that's bad. You're a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, it is. It does seem like um, the the like the OG's example of Clavier, and then also all of our arguments about Franzi come down to them uh, being competent and successful at their jobs, even though. In Franzi's case and Claver's case, that sometimes means losing. It means, in, as an Ace Attorney world, it means working towards the truth. So I think you're right that that's like anytime anyone is is putting their selfish interests in front of the truth is what we what we keep being like. That's dumb. You're dumb. <laughs> Feel bad. <laughs> so I guess like that's why it's like um, I still think Franzi's really good. I think we had some very interesting. Edgeworth arguments, but I still have this really big weight against him. If we said at any point in in Spirit of Justice, if we had had a, a, a conversation with Edgeworth where he was like, haha, this has all been part of my giant nerd chess plan, like then maybe we'd be able to have this argument, but instead we don't, you know? We got nothing. We got him being there for fun and letting his adopt his his proxy adopted daughter stay in a suitcase yeah for a few and days. he's not like haha i use this as a as a means for us to extradite these criminals back to our you know like whatever that would have been great and helpful but it, we don't have that we don't have that so we can't assume he meant anything by it you know like we can't we just have to assume, we we can't assume anything we just have to go what the fuck edgeworth right what are you thinking 
I'm trying to think. Yeah, so like honestly, yeah, like good 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 opinions on Edgeworth. I still think Franzi's very smart, and I still think I think Clavier we we threw him out because he was too broken, but I think OG, you made like a really good case. Yeah, I do think that we maybe with- threw Clavier out too early based on this. But uh uh I don't know if we I don't know if we have a top tier ranking system. I think we can just throw them both up there with pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's fine. Um and um, and uh OG and as with RD, uh I will return to your TED Talk next time. But yeah, everybody, we're going to hold off on the homework of who we would delete from the canon. Uh Hey, Maddie sent us art of Prosecutor yeah. Apollo. Did you see this? I saw that. That's fantastic. Thank you, Maddie. Um so we did get an email from Barclay who's a new new listener. Hi Barclay. Um, who's, who adds, uh, I don't think a single one of our good, good prosecutors are functional in real life, normal society, but maybe in Japan, California, normal society, they are somehow of higher competency. <laughs> so that makes me so sad for all of Japan, California. <laughs> oh, thanks for, thanks for writing in Barclay. <laughs> Barclay said that you could either use my name Barclay or you could call me bad dad, Phoenix. <laughs> So why why would you want that Barclay? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, we can we can call you Barclay Bad Dad, Bad Dad Barclay. <laughs> I was like, oh, bad detective, bad. Is this a bad smart? I can't decide. <laughs> um, I think maybe a little bit, but like mostly, eh, mostly well, eh, because all mostly of our, like, eh. The role of our detectives is normally to be bumbling because we don't have that many. Yeah. Um, Man, Emma I know we're not smart. talking about who you're deleting from the from the universe this week uh, or this month, but I did heavily consider Bobby Fulbright for a long time. <laughs> I did consider Bobby briefly, um, but I uh, stay tuned for my final decision. Yeah, Bobby is not my answer, Bobby. But uh, Bobby. I thought about it. So I think we should stop, I think. Okay. I'm just, I wish we could have, like, I don't know, something that was, like, five more minutes. Yeah, and I don't have anything that's five more minutes. Let me think of some bullshit we could talk about. Yeah. Hey, facts you don't, hey Michelle, what's some facts you don't know about Japan? Oh, returning segment, facts I don't know about Japan. Um, Well, I didn't know Joy, I didn't know about Joyopolis. Uh, uh, I did know that Japan is obsessed with mascots. Yes, they have a mascot for literally everything, which somehow in Ace Attorney we have the badgers and then we have those rhinos. I fucking forgot about like lock lock him up fancy or whatever. I don't like them. <laughs> um. So let's let's do this if we're gonna if we're gonna spitball for five more minutes. Ma- Japan's obsessed with mascots. What else needs a mascot? In Ace Attorney? Yeah, what else Ace Attorney needs a mascot? And what horrifying monstrosity would it be? What horrifying monstrosity mascot can we make for Ace Attorney? Because they already have the badgers, and they're not so horrifying, The but badgers are for the police, right? And then we have, yeah. like, the Fanti and the Rhino for vaguely prosecutors and defense attorneys, right? Like, just generally. Right. Um, what other institution is there in Ace Attorney that we could slap a mascot on? Hmm. 
I'm trying to think of other realms we've engaged with. There's the detention center, but that's cops, I suppose. Yeah. Hey, you know what would have been terrible? Huh. If Red White had a mascot. (laughs) (laughs) Red White is his own mascot. If Mr. America came in with his glitter and diamonds going, Yo! Welcome to you! With terrible broken English. (laughs) Uh, But also standing behind him was like a mascot suit of, of Uncle Sam, sort of. But it's like not quite Uncle Sam. Yeah. We're getting uh, like okay, phony fancy and bum rap Ryany. I looked them up. Ah, uh, bum rap Ryany. That's right. They're based on a defendant and a judge, so we oh. can't give a mascot to a judge. But that what that does mean is that prosecutors don't have a mascot. Well, you said a defendant, not the defense, right? Yeah, defendant and a judge. Because it's bum rap Ryany, so it's like a somebody who got a bum rap, but he's dressed like Phoenix Wright. Well, yeah. Speaking of people who have a bum rap. But what if we what if we gave so either defense attorneys, but we don't know enough really, but prosecutors, if we gave them a mascot, what would it be? Go, Stephanie, go. Uh I sorry, I'm just looking up. Uh I, I'm only seeing hippos. <laughs> um Well, that would fit with the elephant and the rhino. We could give them a hippo. Uh the other thing I have here uh, near me is a is a crocodile eating an alarm clock does that do anything for you i do like that i like it i like a crocodile and i like a, a hippo they go the, the thing that i have that they both have are big chomping mouths and i like that yeah i like the chomping mouths i was trying to think like d- would a porcupine be good and the answer is no <laughs> no phoenix already has too many porcupine references to him so yeah. that would confuse the issue um what else got a big chompy mouth i don't know like a lion Lion's good. I think I think we should go with crocodile though. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Like okay, croc or alligator, either one. I they're they're too similar for me to care. But what it really uh. makes me want to do is play that game that just came out called uh, Later Alligator, which is like a a, mi- a murder mystery in Alligator New York. Oh, that sounds dope. Hey, let us know if you guys want us to play that and let you know how that goes. <laughs> I want to play that. It is. It's very cute. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. Anyway, so an alligator in clothes is. <laughs> I Yeah, I basically, though, I'm picturing an alligator in a suit and he's got something in his mouth. Like he's chomp. He's actively chomping on something. So he could chomp on. I don't know. I don't know. Like the obvious answer. I was thinking like papers. Papers. I was thinking like the justice scales. Uh, oh, that'd be pretty good. Do we want this to be an honorable prosecutor representative or like like bum rap Riney and phony fancy, where like phony fancy is like clearly uh, antagonistic? Uh, I think if we did it like if we were doing it in that chain, it would be part of that. Like he'd be chomping on the justice scales. But let's say if it wasn't, if it was like supposed to be like a blue badger type, hey, like positivity mascot um maybe he's maybe he's just got a pair of handcuffs in his mouth (laughs) i think handcuffs like handcuffs in the mouth would probably be pretty fun the other thing is he could be chomping on a gavel maybe but like 
I don't know. If you want to go, like, if this was the Ace Attorney anime, which is heavy on that symbolism with the um, sunflowers, because the mm-hmm. sunflower is the badge of the defense attorney, we could have him eating sunflowers. Oh, I like that. Like defense attorneys. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. Like, obviously, the more gritty ones are, like, him chomping on justice. But I think, yeah, if him just chomping on some sunflowers. Yeah, and probably what I think would look good is if it was, like, a gold alligator or a yellow alligator. And then it's wearing a, a maroon and white suit. Because that's those are the colors of the prosecutor's badge. And also it would be, like, Edgeworth-flavored because that's how Ace Attorney does everything. Yeah. Oh, I want fan art of this. What's the name, though? Oh, fuck, he needs a name. Prosecutor. Prosecutor. Oh, God. No, you, because this is Japan. We've just created a prosecutor, and then you're going to need a wild crocodile counterpart. <laughs> and they'll be sewn together in, ta- in the shape of a heart with two human oh, morphs and flakes. <laughs> oh, no, wait. <laughs> Making terrible, agonized faces. Uh, All right, well, I think that's a wrap. I was trying to think of, like, a, a rhyme to go with that, but I think you're right. It's just, we're done. <laughs> That's it. We we hit it in one. Out of the park. Out of the park. All right. Well, we'll play Anime vs. Plausible another time. Uh, email us on your homework question. Uh, you know, who are you going to delete out? Or any other thoughts? Or any other, like, mm, actually, I think so-and-so is very smart. Like, we'll take it. By all <laughs> means, keep keep thinking on who you think is smart and who is not. Yeah, uh, and it was... Send- it was really nice to hear from everybody. We got a lot of emails this time. It was nice. Yeah, it was nice. It gave us life. <laughs> uh, it's just a big gulp of water in the drought. Um, yeah. So you, can send, <laughs> you can send things to us on Tumblr at objecttothis.tumblr.com, like Mopop does. Or you can send things to us at our email, objecttothispodcast at gmail.com. Um, go ahead and like us or subscribe or whatever. Follow us. Uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts. On Podbean. Podbean. And thanks Dark Shadow Rage 2 off the YouTubes for the use of our theme song Hey Pal, a Detective Gumshoe remix. And thanks Shout Out Maestro for the them Von Karma tunes. Yeah, give Michelle a little break. <laughs> Get those caramels out. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, I'm Stephanie. I'm Michelle. And that was Object to This, so why don't you object to that? Everybody.